The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Good morning and welcome to Love Was His Meaning, reading and praying with Julian of Norwich, chapter 78. And before we get to Julian, let's do the little office that's linked to in the description. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such the Father seeks to worship him. Let's say together Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty, he shall say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions, and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Your eyes have only to behold to see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil happen to you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, you shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Let's say together a prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. So here we are in chapter 78, in basically the back part of the book, uh, where uh, Julian is kind of processing through uh, all the revelations. Our Lord of his mercy shows us our sin and our weakness by the sweet, gracious light of himself. For our sin is so vile and horrible that he of his courtesy will not show it to us, will not show it to us except by the light of his grace and mercy. It is his will that we have knowledge concerning four things. The first is that he is our ground, from whom we have all of our life and our being. The second, that he protects us mightily and mercifully at the time we are in our sins and among all our enemies who are most fierce against us. And so much the more are we in greater peril, because we give the enemy occasion for that, and know not our own need. The third is how graciously he protects us, and lets us know when we go amiss. 
The fourth is how steadfastly he waits for us and does not change his demeanor, for he wills that we be transformed and wanted to him in love as he is to us. Thus, by this grace-filled knowledge, we can see our sin beneficially without despair, for truly we need to see it, and by that light we shall be made ashamed of ourselves and our pride and presumption shall be broken down. It truly behooves us to see that by ourselves we are just nothing but sin and wretchedness, and thus by the sight of the less which our God shows us, the more which we do not see is diminished, for he of his courtesy adjusts the sight for us, for it is so vile and so horrible that we could not endure to see it as it is. And by this humble knowledge thus, through contrition and grace, we shall be broken away from all things that are not our Lord, and then shall our blessed Savior perfectly heal us and won us to himself. This breaking and this healing our Lord means with reference to all mankind, for he who is highest and nearest to God, he can see himself sinful and needy along with me, and I whom the least and lowest of those that shall be saved, I can be comforted along with him that is highest. So our Lord, so has our Lord wanted us together in love. When he showed me that I would sin, because of the joy that I had in beholding him, I did not readily pay attention to that showing, and our courteous Lord stopped then, and would not teach me further, until he gave me grace and the will to pay attention. For this I was taught that although we are nobly lifted up into the contemplation by the particular gift of our Lord, yet it is necessary for us along with that to have knowledge and awareness of our sin and our weakness. Without this knowledge we cannot have true humility, and without this humility we cannot be saved. And also I saw that we cannot get this knowledge from ourselves, nor from any of our spiritual enemies, for they will not do us very good, for if it were by their will we should not see our sin until our ending day. Then we are much beholden to God, that he will himself, out of love, show our sin and weakness to us, in time out of mercy and grace. All right, so we've got Julian here uh, reflecting on sin as she has at several points in this book. Um, one has to always remember that in the medieval context that she's in, um, sin is this um, ever uh, this presence that God is constantly judging us for. You have these images of God judging, and, and people are traveling around England at this time, um, uh, per, hurting themselves um, uh, physically in order to purge their sins, to try to stave off things like uh, the Black Death and other things that are going on. So there's this real idea of sin and punishment that's, that's constant. Um, and so Julian comes somewhat up against that. Um, he, of his courtesy will not show it to us except by the light of his grace and mercy. So she says, yeah, sin is a bad thing. The things, and remember that sin is defined as anything that separates us from God. It's not specifically a set of bad things that have been done. It's anything that separates us, whether it's on our behalf, on another's behalf, uh, uh, somebody who's done it on our behalf, stuff like that. Um, God of his courtesy doesn't show it to us except by the light of his grace and mercy. So when we see our sin, it's always in the context of God's grace and mercy, as the constant refrain uh, with Julian is, God looks on us with pity and not with blame. And that even goes to sin, this, this thing that separates us from God himself, uh, at their knowledge that we're supposed to have about this sin, that, that God is our ground, that God protects us mightily and mercifully, that God protects us graciously, and that steadfastly he waits for us and does not change his demeanor. Um, uh, John Julian puts it this way, one human nature is created by God and good in itself. Two, after creating us, God protects us even when we are in sin and are not even aware that we need protection. 
Three, God helps us to recognize our sins. And four, God waits patiently for us to reject our sin and turn to him. So we can see our, our sin beneficially without despair. And that's important because that's, that's throughout um, Julian's um, writings. One of the reasons she, she, she writes uh, so positively about our relationship with God is she's trying to go against this idea of people despairing in their sins because she sees despair as being kind of um, the final um, edge that Christians can't go to uh, or, or shouldn't or should try to, to stay away from simply because uh, despair in some ways takes away the agency of God. It basically says, uh, despair basically says, there is nothing that can save me now. And that says that, says that, that not even God can save me. Um, and while you know, people in depressive states and like that can have that without, without it being anything attributed to them, it's also possible for people who are simply reflecting on, on the depths of sin to enter into this very harmful place of despair where they, they kind of dec decline the agency of God. Um, and that's what she's trying to say here. Uh, it, it behooves us to see that by ourselves we're nothing but sin and wretchedness. But God, of God's courtesy, and here we go back to her ideas, uh, kind of twin ideas of God is homely, so God is, is close and familiar to us, but God is also the courteous Lord of, of uh, French romance at the time, that, that God is, is also courteous. And so therefore, God does not inflict anything on us that we can't handle. God adjusts the sight of sin um, for us. Um, so it will be broken away. And the, this idea of God just adjusting the, our, our sight of sin so that we can be con made con contrite and broken, constantly broken and healed. Um, that's kind of the process that she's thinking of when she's thinking of confession and absolution. Um, God will only let us see as much as uh, God will let us see um, in any ways. And, and this whole thing of breaking, she talked about that back in chapter 28, uh, talking about how we will be shattered. Um, so our Lord has wanted us together uh, to, in love. Uh, there's this part in here that I really like. Um, when he showed me that I would sin because of the joy that I had in beholding him, beholding him, I did not readily pay attention to that showing, and our courteous Lord stopped then and would not teach me further, and he gave me grace and the will to pay it until he could until he gave me the grace and the will to pay attention. So I mean. This is one of those things I tell people, and I'm an oblate in the Order of Julian. I'm supposed to do a certain amount of still prayer every week. Still prayer is really hard for me. Uh, you know, there are different methods, Lectio Divina, um, playing, praying a rosary, things like that, that are methods of still prayer that, that help you. But it's not in my nature to sit still and, and pray. Uh, and often that's really difficult for me. Uh, the thing to remember is it's the action of sitting down to do it that's more important than how successful it is. Um, and Julian has talks about this, her own experience here, that um, when he showed me that I would sin because of the joy I had in behold it, beholding him, he was, she was sidetracked by just being caught up in the vision. Uh, she didn't readily pay attention to that showing. So God, the courteous Lord, just simply stopped there and wouldn't teach me further until he gave me grace and the will to pay attention. So there's this idea that God, we're not going to miss something. God is not going to teach us something and we're going to miss it because we were not paying attention. God will stop and God will wait until we're paying attention again, whether that's you know 30 seconds later, a minute later, or 
or two years later. Uh, God will always stop and teach us when we're ready to hear it. Uh, God is, in this case, the courteous Lord who is always waiting for us to be in the right frame of mind, uh, to be able to handle what God is saying to us, um, and for it to be profitable for us, uh, just simply so uh, a portion of us can be broken down and then rehealed. Let's continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I ask your prayers for people in places of conflict today, especially remembering the people of Ukraine and of Sudan. I pray, um, ask your prayers for all those in our country who are victims of violence and for a way for our society to address this violence. And I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning. Until next time, take care and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available once a week on Thursday. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.